KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. The Department of Justice is a critical institution in any presidential administration. So, what will be the priorities of the DOJ in a Joe Biden Kamala Harris administration? Who could we see serve as Attorney General? Lots to talk about, and we do so with Michael Moreland, professor of law at Villanova University. Lots to tackle here. Give a listen. So before we look ahead to the next four years, let's look back at the last four. When you look at the Department of Justice in the Trump administration, how would you describe what we saw as far as focus, priorities, and such? Well, I think uh, in in some ways, uh, under both uh, Attorney General Sessions and Attorney General Barr, aspects of the department were as you would have in any other kind of administration. The Department of Justice has a very large career staff in many of its units and in the offices around the country. And those are lawyers who uh, stay in their jobs, whether it's a Republican or a Democratic administration. And so so a lot of it is, you know, continuing on things as normal. There were certain areas like around uh, criminal enforcement, for example, where uh, the department was, I think one might say, very active. There are other units, um, including local U.S. attorney's offices, including the one here in Philadelphia, where you saw some interesting developments there. There are other uh, parts of the department where I think uh, you saw the stamp of of a more conservative Republican administration. There's a office called the, there's a person called the Solicitor General. It's an office of lawyers who argue uh, before the Supreme Court. And you saw the administration taking relatively conservative positions in front of the Supreme Court over the last four years. Uh, so in, in that way, uh, those were some areas where I think you did see uh, some, some real points of emphasis in this past in the Trump administration. So going forward, obviously, we're still waiting for uh, appointments and, and such like that. But from what you've gathered from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's career and what you've read and heard, what do you expect priorities to be over the next four years under their administration? Well, they've already signaled a more progressive approach on a range of issues, no matter who ends up being the top of the department as the attorney general. Civil rights would be one area, for example. There's an office of civil rights in the department. Uh, that enforces things like the Voting Rights Act also has a role to play in overseeing uh, police departments and police misconduct at the local level. And uh, that office will, I think, be a very strong kind of centerpiece of a Biden-Harris Department of Justice, uh, because I think whether, you know, uh, given the events of last summer and things like that, I do think you'll see them much more active in, in those civil rights types of issues. As far as attorney general, I've heard tons of names. What direction, where do you think this pick will come from? Do you think this will be a pick that is someone that is known uh, on, a, on a, you know, a higher level? Or do you think it's possible that someone that maybe the average American isn't familiar with is, is put here? Well, at this point, it's all speculation, although we, I suppose we could get a, a name out there uh, almost any day now. But as with some of the other picks uh, that we've had so far, I do think it's likely, if if it's not someone who's a household name, put it that way, I do think it's probably someone who will in some ways be basically kind of reassuring center left, but uh, also someone who will have to get confirmed in what may be a Republican Senate. 
So I think a lot of the names that you've seen, people like Merrick Garland, a judge on the D.C. Circuit, who of course was nominated to the Supreme Court, but his nomination was never voted on. Doug Jones, the outgoing senator from Alabama, uh, or Deval Patrick, former governor of Massachusetts, who actually headed the Office of Civil Rights uh, previously. Um, the name that gets floated a lot who would, would be potentially controversial is Sally Yates, who was the number two department, uh, deputy attorney general in the Obama administration, so became the acting AG at the start of the Trump administration, and then, of course, was famously fired by Trump because of her uh, getting crosswise with the administration about the initial outing of the travel ban and things like that. So she, she would be a little more, uh, first of all, she's a little more high profile than, than maybe some of those others, given that previous set of news stories about her. But I also think she would, at least in some kind of ideological sense, be maybe a, a little more a little more progressive. Uh, although all these folks are, you know, folks who've been around the block in kind of democratic, legal, progressive, legal circles. And assuming that it comes from a roster of folks like that, uh, I don't think you'll see anything too surprising. With regards to Bill Barr, there's been a lot of criticism in his time as attorney general that he has worked more as the president's lawyer than the attorney general. First of all, is that fair? And as a follow-up, how much does even that perception hurt the way the Department of Justice is looked at, and I would imagine morale inside the Department of Justice. Well, it's a hard path in any administration for the Attorney General to walk between, on the one hand, being uh, head of an agency that is, after all, part of the executive branch. It's under the control of the president in some meaningful uh, sense. But at the same time, given the sensitivity of things like criminal prosecutions and other areas of law, also has this sort of quasi or somewhat a sense of independence from uh, undue political pressure. And so in every administration uh, for at least uh, several decades going back, and, and there's always been this kind of effort to navigate between being just a you know, lawyer acting on behalf of the president and doing the president's bidding and safeguarding the independence of DOJ. And you're right, that's exactly something that a lot of the career staff at DOJ are very sensitive to, the over-politicization uh, of the department. And, you know, Barr, I think, you know, you'd it'd have to, you know, come down to particular decisions. Just today, for example, uh, I see that there's a statement that the department has not uncovered uh, evidence of widespread voter fraud. And so in, in a lot of respects, I, I think he's done an admirable job of, of calling balls and strikes and of trying to be someone who preserves the law enforcement and independent role of the Department of Justice in a job which he had already held. Remember, he was, he was the attorney general under George H.W. Bush, and in a way didn't need this for his resume. I mean, this was in some ways a kind of an act of public service on the part of on the part of Attorney General Barr. And of course, before him, uh, Attorney General Sessions uh, as well, at least at the outset, there was concern that he was going to be unduly political, would kind of come under the president's thumb, but very soon got crosswise with the president because of the way in which he appointed a special counsel for the Bob Mueller for the Russia investigation, then ultimately was was uh, kicked out by Trump. So in that way, in maybe more than in other administrations, to we might say that this this department has had to kind of face those uh, crosswinds. It's go always going to be an issue, which is I think why uh, it's it's important whether in a Republican or Democratic administration that the Attorney General pick and then the pick for the prominent roles in the 
in the um, department, like the deputy attorney general, the head of some of the major divisions, be people who have this kind of gravitas and, and sense of uh, respect within the, the legal community, whether on slightly more conservative or uh, liberal direction. There have been some people that have raised a lot of concerns with members of the administration of, uh, in some cases, self-dealing, some shady situations. Without getting too specific, but how difficult a dance is it for an incoming administration to do on what to dig into from a previous administration? I know a lot of people on the left were upset that the Obama administration didn't uh, go harder over some Bush things in the President Bush administration and uh, with the housing crisis and such in addition. How difficult a dance is that? And do you expect there will be any significant investigation backwards looking into this administration? At this point, I, it is hard to know. I, I think that there is a, uh, a strong presumption of kind of turning the page. I mean, in, in a dramatic way, you could look at the example of President Ford pardoning Richard Nixon in the wake of Watergate as a way of moving on from that. Uh, of course, the administration didn't change parties then. Um, but even when uh, there is a change in parties at the at the White House, I do think there's a feeling like you don't want to just constantly be kind of uh, dredging up uh, things. And there's, a, there's also kind of an institutional feeling about protecting the prerogatives of the presidency itself in the department and in the White House. And so I think from that standpoint, there's a concern maybe about weakening the office of the president by, say, for example, undertaking uh, maybe a you know, some kind of investigation of a prior administration. All that said, and those are kind of historic norms, but we're living in a time, as we know, where a lot of these norms are being subject to a lot of, uh, subject to a lot of stress. And uh, there will be pressure from the progressive left for a Biden-Harris uh, DOJ to undertake uh, whatever direction it might take uh, to undertake some some kind of actions against the uh, against the the president uh, former President Trump, and in that respect, it will be up to this new attorney general to kind of start to figure out what the what the right avenue is uh, with regard to that. As someone immersed in this world, one of the concerns I have from the outside is, regardless of what, there is a feeling that at this level like with the constant turning of the page while I understand it, there is a frustration that, you know, if I get two speeding tickets, I'm tied up in the system for years and we see some really high level things that we get the, well, let's just move forward. Does that, does that erode trust? Does that erode what the American people think about, you know, we all, no one's above the law. I suppose it does in some ways. So again, it's you know balancing that against uh, kind of always trying to relitigate and you know fight fight your enemies, uh, even though the world has moved on. Uh, I do think that uh, you know you mentioned before that a lot of people on the left, primarily, but also some conservatives, were not happy with the way in which the Obama administration did not really kind of uh, use the uh, full force of criminal enforcement against um, against those who were allegedly responsible for aspects of the financial crisis. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of other stories going way back. And remember when uh, President Bush succeeded President Clinton, there were some late pardons at the end of the Clinton administration that were a little, little tawdry, shall we say, and the 
There was real reluctance, though, uh, to do anything that would, you know, call those into question, certainly as a legal matter, but even to kind of, uh, you know, churn up a lot of um, a lot of dirt about uh, about what went on there. So I do think that on the one hand, you're right. It, it, there's the concern that it produces a kind of cynicism about people being above the law and being able to get away with things. But on the other hand, also a feeling that, uh, look, if you're involved at that level of government, you're always going to be involved in stuff that some sometimes people will find things to uh, to hold you to accountable for. I should also say, of course, that in the case of President Trump, uh, that not only is there you know this lingering concern about any kind of criminal liability at the federal level, but remember there are also these uh, like the New York District Attorney. This case in this past summer at the Supreme Court involving subpoenas for his financial records. Uh, from uh, and so those are local prosecutions that are not under the direction of the federal Department of Justice, and there will continue perhaps to be uh, investigations by a democratically controlled House of Representatives. So, in that sense, whether whether the Biden Harris DOJ itself gets involved in investigating uh, President Trump uh, and his team, there is always all, also I should say this uh, this ongoing uh, set of other uh, actions as well. And but we talked a little bit about. The career officials, the people whose names you don't really hear. How difficult is it for the for life for them changing from one administration to another? Where you know, just as the priorities shift, or you're on one side of an issue on Tuesday, and then on Thursday, maybe you're arguing the other side. I mean, that's extreme. But I, if I remember correctly, I think we heard some situations like that at the beginning of the Trump administration with regards to the Affordable Care Act and, and stuff like that. How difficult does that make life for the people that are there throughout that aren't political? Well, there are areas of the Department of Justice that people probably don't hear about much <clears throat> where there, there isn't as much uh, kind of political salience or prominence to, to some of the issues. Um, uh, antitrust, for example, although maybe antitrust is also an area where there is a lot of uh, political contention. And in, in some respects, the department has started this action against Google, for example. But a lot of the workaday uh, job of the antitrust division is reviewing mergers and, and things like that, that, uh, that you know, is, is not maybe super partisan in, in its implications. And so in that sense, things just kind of go on normally. I do think that in other areas where there is more partisanship, where the issues are politically more vexed, I mentioned civil rights before, which I think is an area where you're going to see, for example, with regard to investigation of police departments and enforcement of the Voting Rights Act, you're going to see a lot more action. And and in that regard, uh, to the extent that a lot of the career staff maybe are perhaps more sympathetic with that kind of role for the Civil Rights Division, they'll be happy with this kind of change um, uh, from, a, from a Republican to a Democratic administration. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.